Welcome to episode number 080 of the Food as Medicine show with Dr. Ann, the place to be for real talk with real people and real results so you can heal yourself naturally. I'm your host, Dr. Ann, and I'm a board-certified pharmacist and functional medicine practitioner. I help people find and fix the root cause of chronic conditions, and I specialize in gut infections and travel health. If you need help with your nutrition, food sensitivities, and healing your gut, you can book an appointment with me at drann.com slash work. And Ann is spelled A-N-H as in healthy. So I hope you're doing well as you prepare for the holidays. My girlfriends and I just got together virtually this past weekend and celebrated our annual Pollyanna or Secret Santa gift exchange. And it's a tradition we started when we were broke college students at Rutgers, and we continue to this day, despite living in different states and different countries. And it's something I look forward to every year because I get to reconnect with some of my favorite people. I think this is ultimately what the holidays are about, just spending time with the people you love the most. It's not the gifts. It's not, you know, um, the, the fancy things that you buy them, but it's just the quality time that you spend with your loved ones. I do know the holidays do tend to be a hectic time of the year for people and uh, people feel a little stressed and sometimes they feel rushed and I'm really excited to share today's episode because Trudy Scott is the food mood expert and she's the author of the anti-anxiety food solution and she helps people um, deal with their anxiety and stress naturally. Despite the packed, tactic schedule, I really do hope that you find some time to breathe and take care of yourself, and it's especially important to keep up with your self-care routines during the holidays. If you're someone who eats well, exercises, and lives mindfully, I highly recommend that you look into Health IQ. Health IQ is an insurance company that uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health-conscious people such as runners, cyclists, strength trainers, and vegetarians. Just like saving money on your car insurance for being a good driver, Health IQ saves you money on your life insurance for living a health-conscious lifestyle. And Health IQ can save people up to 33% because studies show physically active people have a lower risk of heart disease, cancer, and diabetes compared to people who are inactive. And I believe that it's never too early to start thinking about life insurance, especially if you have people who depend on you. Also, the younger you are, the lower the rates tend to be. And if you are already living a healthy lifestyle, you can see if you qualify for a lower rate and get your free quote today at healthiq.com food or mention the promo code food, F-O-O-D, when you talk to a Health IQ agent. Again, it's healthiq.com food. Now, before we get to the episode, I want to let you know that the opinions expressed on this show may not represent my opinions, and the show is for general information only, not a substitute for medical care. So prior to beginning any new health program, I recommend that you consult with a qualified health professional. In today's episode, I interviewed Trudy Scott. Trudy is the food mood expert and a nutritionist. Her emphasis is on educating successful women about a healthy and balanced lifestyle, dietary choices based on a whole foods approach, and individualized nutrient supplementation as needed, so you can be your healthiest, look your best, and feel on top of the world emotionally. She teaches people how and why to eat whole real foods, find natural solutions for anxiety and other mood problems, finally banish sugar cravings and not feel deprived, and find answers to your health issues. 
So in today's episode, Trudy and I talk about what nutrients people with anxiety conditions are typically lacking despite eating clean, the four levels of anti-anxiety treatment, food's impact on anxiety levels, and what foods are key anxiety triggers for people, her best tips for weaning off caffeine, along with substitutes, as well as a delicious carob recipe, her two favorite amino acids for people who feel anxious, worried, and the social anxiety condition that responds well to nutrients and how to know if you have it and much more. All right, let's go chat with Trudy. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Food as Medicine show with Dr. Ann, the place to be for real talk with real people and real results so you can heal yourself naturally. So um, today I'm in Hue, Vietnam, which is the birthplace of my maternal grandparents. And I'm really excited to be able to travel and with technology nowadays to do what I do with the podcast and still connect with amazing guests all over the world. And um, I'm very excited to have on the show today, Trudy Scott, who is someone I met um, and before even meeting her, I was just so awestruck by her work in anxiety, and um, she had been on a lot of summits, and I just felt so, you know, that she was doing such good work, and when I met her, I was so starstruck. I was, like, just blabbering (laughs) all over, (laughs) but, um, you know, I think we we connected, and I think we had a good um, conversation, and today, I'm really excited to have her on the show to share her knowledge about, you know, anxiety and natural solutions for anxiety, because I think that's something that many people struggle with, but may not necessarily find um, you know, a, a good solution for them. So, uh, so welcome, Trudy, to the show. Thanks, Dr. Ed. It's so great to see you. I can't believe you're all the way over there. And it was lovely to meet you last year. And I'm just so glad we've connected and that we're connecting and doing this now. It's really exciting. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so excited to have you. So I guess I really wanted to have you start by sharing your story about how you got involved with um, specializing in anxiety, because I think you have quite an interesting background. Yes, it's very interesting because I was working in corporate America in the computer industry and working really long hours and had come from an, an area where I was interested in food and nutrients and actually studied psychology at university and then became a computer programmer and a project manager and worked in the industry. But I suddenly, out of the blue, in my late 30s, I just started to get increasingly anxious. And there was no reason for it. And I would just feel this feeling of impending doom the whole time and waking in the early hours with this racing heart and just feeling anxious. There's something wrong. What's going to happen? That kind of feeling the whole time. And Socializing was very difficult going around and even with family members, having dinners with family, it was just felt very stressful and everything was just so overwhelming. It was just, everything just seemed so difficult. I couldn't think anymore. I couldn't focus. I actually had bad, bad PMS. I was a mess for three weeks out of the month and Mm -hmm. ended up having two panic attacks that were just terrifying. Where did this come from? What's going on? I didn't even know what a panic attack was until it happened and thought I was going to die, the racing heart, and not being able to breathe, and I've got to breathe, I've got to breathe, hyperventilating, it was really, really scary, but I grew up in South Africa, and my mom, you know, didn't, wasn't a big believer in medication, and and drugs, and I thought, well, there's got to be something nutritional, or natural, that I can do, and started researching, and it took me a number of years to get all the answers, but using GABA, initially, GABA is an amino acid, completely eliminated the panic attacks, and that anxiety that I was having and that waking in the early hours of the anxiety. And it turned out that I have this, had this perfect storm of all of these things going on, burned out adrenals, 
gluten sensitivity, stressful job, heavy metals. I was exposed to lead when I was in South Africa. Uh, mercury, I had you know amalgam fillings, uh, gluten sensitivity, you, you name it. I was a vegetarian. I wasn't eating animal protein. So it was a whole host of things. And they all came together when I was going through perimenopause with all these hormonal changes, caused the anxiety and the panic attacks. And the good thing is, once I got on the amino acids and started addressing all of these other factors, the anxiety completely went away, the panic attacks stopped, and the social anxiety has gone away too. I love socializing, I'm out speaking, I'm traveling, and I consider myself a social butterfly, but I need to stay on certain nutrients in order to feel good because I've got this biochemistry that predisposes me to anxiety and panic attacks. Wow. You know, that's um, quite a story. I feel like, you know, I think you're one of the big players in this space. And I love that your focus is definitely on um, more of a natural approach to things. And, um, you know, it, it takes somebody to have gone through it to be able to, to lead people along the way as well. And so yeah. um, a lot of people you know, will say to me, they feel hopeful when yeah. they're in the midst of it, that someone could come out the other end. Because when you're in the midst of feeling like that, you can't imagine that that you'll ever feel okay you just it's and when it hits you like that it's just so scary so for a lot of people it'll come out of the blue and they'll say well where did this come from what's mm -hmm. happening for other people it's they felt like that their whole lives you know they just don't know what it feels like to feel good and then hearing that maybe they can feel different it gives them hope but i didn't finish the story because what, what i did then is i worked with a naturopath and a nurse practitioner found these solutions went back to school to become a nutritionist for my own learning. And the more I learned, the more I thought, wow, this is amazing. I need to share this with more people. So that's when I wrote my book, The Anti-Anxiety Food Solution, and have started to make this a mission of mine to educate people. Because when you have anxiety, you go to the doctor and you get given an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety medication, or you go to a therapist. And maybe it's your biochemistry. Maybe, and for a lot of people, that's what it is. So if we know that there are these other options, we don't have to resort to the medications, which have a whole host of problems, and they are not addressing the root cause of the problem, as you well know. Yeah. So, you know, I wanted to take a moment and, and maybe dive a little bit deeper into um, to you specifically. Are you um, mostly on the amino acids currently, or are you also on medications? What's your, uh, you know, your daily regimen, your, your supplements look like? So I'm not on any medications. I never took any medication at all for, for the anxiety. And I don't need GABA right now. I don't take it. There are, have been instances in the last few years where I've needed GABA. When I lost a really good friend, I was very emotional and was starting to feel, you know, very sort of emotionally fragile. So I used some GABA for a short time. I also used tryptophan for a short time at that time. When my mom was in hospital last year, I felt like I needed some additional support. And I find that with my clients is when you're under a stressful situation, adding back in some of the nutrients are very helpful. But right now, there are some supplements that I'm on all the time, and they make a world of difference. Zinc, vitamin B6, and evening primrose oil. And that's for the paraloria, which is the social anxiety condition. I'm also on a good multivitamin that doesn't contain copper because of the copper-zinc balance. I don't want the copper to negate the effects of the zinc. I take a B-complex. I take extra pantothenic acid, which is vitamin B5, which supports mm -hmm. the adrenals, just because of my lifestyle and traveling and my work. I also take lithium, lithium orotate, 
I found that as I moved into menopause, uh, the lithium orotate has been very helpful for memory and focus and sleep and just keeping my mood very even. And I found that to be a wonderful nutrient and it's a great uh, nutrient for, you know, as we get older, it's just great for brain function. So, Perfect. so you know, I need those. And some people would say, well, wh why do you need so many nutrients? Why can't you just get your nutrients from your food? And I eat a healthy diet. I'm gluten-free. I eat quality animal protein, grass-fed red beef, red meat, uh, pastured eggs, chicken, and plenty of organic fruits and vegetables. But I've got this biochemistry that says in order to feel my absolute best, and that's what I want to feel, and that's what I want my clients to feel, I need to supplement. And I just think it's a gift, you know, that I can feel great, function, do well with the help of making some dietary restrictions and adding in these nutrients instead of using the medications. And the medications are so bad. The benzodiazepines, which are primarily prescribed for anxiety, they're very addicting. You need more and more. They're meant to be used short term. They're meant to be used for two weeks maximum, mm -hmm. as you know. Yes. <laughs> and, um, people are on them 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and then they mm -hmm. become addicted. And then the withdrawal from the benzodiazepines is just horrific. It can take years and years, must be done really, really slowly, and can actually cause more symptoms during the withdrawal process. And then I actually just interviewed Dr. Kelly Brogan. She's come out with her new book, A Mind of Your Own. And she was saying how the antidepressants are as addicting and as problematic as the anti-anxiety medication. And I didn't realize yeah. that they were as bad. Yeah. And, and she shared that a lot of doctors are not even aware of how bad they are. So I think it's really important that the, the work that you're doing and sharing this message you know, about food as medicine is so important. People need to know about it. Yeah, and I just remember also from the pharmacy side of things, antidepressants don't really have a lot of good data in terms of efficacy, like effectiveness. Exactly. You know, many of them are just as, you know, they're, they're like placebo. You know, placebo is just as effective. So and the data isn't very good for antidepressants. Um, so kind of getting back to your story, you know, you say you eat a very clean diet and, um, you know, everything that you're supposed to do with nutrition and, and still need to supplement. In terms of food, um, how does food impact anxiety? So how do your food choices impact how you're feeling, you know, in terms of anxiety and other symptoms? So the food is our fuel. So it's providing the raw materials to make our neurotransmitters, to make our hormones. So if we provide the body with the right fuel, we're going to feel a lot better. And some of the good things in terms of improving our mood and reducing anxiety, grass-fed red meat provides omega-3s, provides zinc, provides iron, both of which are important for making neurotransmitters. They, it also helps stabilize blood sugar. And we know if we've got blood sugar swings that we're going to feel more anxious. So having stable blood sugar is really important. And then other good foods are things like wild fish, so sardines or salmon. Small, the smaller fish are obviously better because they're going to have less uh, heavy metals, less mercury. Adding things like herbal teas are great. It's absolutely fantastic. Bone broths, which are healing for the gut. So all of these nutrient-dense foods provide the raw materials so we can make our neurotransmitters and our hormones. Now, there are some foods that are problematic. Common foods that are issues when you have anxiety are gluten. Gluten's a, a really big problem. Dairy can be a problem. The all grains can be a problem for some people. So it's a matter of finding what's going to work for you and what's, you know, what's not going to work. And then coffee is a big no-no. 
Mm. You have anxiety and you're drinking coffee, even decaf, you mm. need to consider that that may be a factor and remove it. Why add in supplements? Why take out foods if mm. it's the coffee that's causing the anxiety? And there are a subset of people who are just more prone to the effects of caffeine than others. There's been some research looking at people with anxiety, coffee drinkers, they tried therapy, they tried medication, they, they took them off the coffee and the anxiety completely went away. And there were some of them had panic attacks as well. Panic attacks completely gone. And it's quite funny when I'm working with my clients, the coffee is the toughest thing for them to get oh, with. Yes. You know, they, they, <laughs> yeah, they are you are you a coffee drinker? I'm not, but I understand what you're where you're coming from with clients saying that's I can't let go of my yeah. coffee. <laughs> I know. I'll give up the chocolate, I'll give up the bread, I'll give up the cookies, but I need that coffee because there's that ritual, you know, the early morning ritual, there's that smell. I mm. love the smell of coffee, but if it's causing the anxiety, why, why continue to take it? It also, we know coffee affects hormone levels. It affects blood sugar levels. A lot of people don't realize that. It's, if it's not organic, it's going to be highly sprayed with pesticides. And then there's this whole issue with mold toxicity with coffee as well. So those are the foods that I'd remove. Some other good foods are pumpkin seeds. I love pumpkin seeds. They've got a nice level of zinc compared to copper versus other nuts. And they, there's two studies that looked at uh, functional food made from pumpkin seeds. One of them found that this functional food made from pumpkin seeds actually helped with insomnia. Mm -hmm. And the other study found that it helped with social anxiety. So there you've got simple food that you can add into your diet. I'm not saying it's the only thing you would need to do, but just incorporating these healthy foods in can make a big difference. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of getting as much as you can from your, 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 your many nutrients from your food as possible. Do you find that there are some clients that, are, that do well just on nutrition and food, or the majority require also additional supplementation with a biochemistry similar to yours? That's a really good question, and it varies depending on the individual. And I talk about four different levels of people that I work with and that make these changes. Level one can just make food changes. So getting off the junk, adding real food, balancing blood sugar, so making sure they're getting protein at breakfast, getting off the gluten and the caffeine and the sugar, and they will feel amazing, no matter how severe their anxiety is. And I say that because some people will say to me, my anxiety is so severe, there's no way that food and nutrients could do it. Maybe it would help a little bit, but I definitely need medication. And I, I think we need to dispel that myth because if you can have very, very severe anxiety and this approach can completely eliminate it if it's one of these causes. So that's level one, just the food changes. Level two, all the food changes, maybe adding in a zinc, maybe adding in a good multivitamin, maybe addressing low vitamin D, you know, a few minor little tweaks maybe adding in some enzymes. So that's level two. Most people can you know, pick up my book or, or hear me speak or read my blog and, and figure that out on their own. But then we have level three and four. And in this case, their symptoms, uh, they've got more, more root causes. So for level three, they need all of the above, but they need the amino acids, the tryptophan, the GABA, they need neurotransmitter support. They may, may also need things like lithium. They may have adrenal dysfunction and they need adrenal support. They may be going through perimenopause. So they need more help. And this is where, you know, making some of these other changes come into play. And then level four are the most, 
have got the most serious issues, they may have Lyme disease, which is a contributing factor. They may have heavy metals like mercury toxicity or lead, or they may have trauma that, you know, that is impacting things as well. Now, with level four clients, they still need to make all the food changes and add in all the nutrients. And the amino acids like GABA, for example, can help. If someone's got Lyme disease, they can use GABA to calm things down, to reduce the anxiety while they're addressing the underlying Lyme disease. So the, they're getting help, but maybe they're not getting all the help that they need. Mm, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. But always the first kind of basis or the first foundation is the food. And then, Absolutely. You know, we, yeah. and then we can unravel and see if there's other causes, factors that need to be addressed. Yes. Yeah. And the, the great thing about the amino acids is that in conjunction with making the food changes, you start to add in the amino acids and it makes, makes it easier to make those food changes because no one wants to be told you need to get off bread and cookies and everything <laughs> and also quit the coffee and give up the chocolate and you know give up the sugar so you can be healthy but if you've got a tool to do it like the amino acids like GABA or tryptophan which help you break that addiction so you no longer have to use willpower it makes it easier to make those changes so you're not going to have those cravings that desire for something you know that emotional eating and your mood's going to feel better from day one it just makes it so much easier because we all know what sugar does to us. But do you see people giving up sugar? No, because it's hard to do. It's an addiction. But if we have the amino acids, which address the brain chemical deficiencies at the root, the mood's improved and the cravings go away. Yeah, so it's giving them symptom relief so then they, they, they can focus on making the other changes in their life that might a little bit more time to create yeah. a habit around yeah because some of those other things take longer if you've got parasites if you've got leaky gut if you've got mm. you know other food sensitivities it may take a little bit longer to actually address all of those i wanted to get back to something you were saying earlier about caffeine's big impact on anxiety and you know i, I we were saying like I see a lot of people too who just that's the one thing that they just can't let go of so what are some of your best tips for weaning um, people off of caffeine successfully so you can do two things you can either go cold turkey and just stop and you'll get a headache for two days or you can slowly wean yourself down and if you're going to do the weaning you say for example you're doing three cups a day you might go to two and then one cup and then you might go to half a cup and then a quarter of a cup and then at the very end of your weaning you could just take one sip and it can stop the headaches and then the very last day you can actually put once you know one mouthful in your mouth and not actually swallow it just hold it in your mouth and then spit it out and that's a weaning process most of my clients choose to just go cold turkey they say oh, i'm going to stop and they do stop and they feel like it's going to be so difficult and they'll always come into me afterwards and say, I can't believe I fought you so much on it. It really wasn't so bad. <laughs> but there are three things that you can do which make it easier. Well, three things. The first thing is vitamin C, extra vitamin C, at least 2,000 to 3,000 milligrams a day can help with the headaches. And then tyrosine is an amino acid which helps address low levels of catecholamines. This is our adrenaline, our noradrenaline. And, our, and when those are low, you may have low energy. You may have poor focus, which may be why you're using coffee in the first place. Mm. So you, 
determine if do you have the low catecholamines and I use a questionnaire do you have low motivation do you have sort of depression with the blahs do you have low energy poor focus if you do then doing a trial of tyrosine may be worth do, may be worth trying and if 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 you're the kind of person who says I cannot function in the morning until I've had my coffee and you have to you don't talk to me or don't do anything until I've had it you have that tyrosine next to your bed and as you wake up, you take the tyrosine and you see if that's going to make an improvement and that can help a lot. So tyrosine is typically 500 milligrams first thing in the morning, uh, mid-morning and then mid-afternoon. Typically not taken later than mid-afternoon because it can affect your sleep, but that the vitamin C and the tyrosine can make a very big difference. Now the other thing that I was going to say in terms of that things can make it easier is what are you going to have instead? So finding a nice substitute. There are some wonderful substitutes like carob. I think carob is wonderful because it's got that sort of thick, creamy kind of texture that a lot of people say they miss. And I love a, a beverage with hot water, carob powder, which is caffeine-free, and it kind of tastes like chocolate, mm -hmm. and a little bit of coconut milk, and mm -hmm. You could put some coconut oil in there too, if you wanted to, or you could even put the, the butter in there, you know, so you're getting the effects that's, you know, affecting something that's going to help with sort of keeping you stable for longer. And then a little bit of cinnamon or some kind of other spice. And that's a lovely, thick, nourishing beverage. Some other options would be herbal teas, I think are just absolutely fabulous. And one of my favorite herbal teas is rooibos tea which is actually from South Africa and it has a similar profile to green tea and it's just wonderful to drink. It helps with adrenal function and stress levels and it's just a great natural uh, caffeine-free tea. Hmm. Have you also found like a hot water with lemon in the morning has uh, some people? Yeah, I mm -hmm. think that's fantastic. First thing in the morning, I think that's great. It just it gives your liver a chance to, you know, a little bit of a break and it's a little bit of support for the liver first thing in the morning so yes i'm a big fan of that mm -hmm. and then the other thing i was going to say with regard to coffee is i mentioned the the low catecholamines and the tyrosine helping i did actually work with one woman who was drinking six cups of coffee a day and you know she did have a lot of anxiety so that was something we had to focus on but she was also a vegetarian and her ferritin levels were mm -hmm. i think it was five or six very, very low. So she had zero, you know, she had zero ability to, no iron to make her neurotransmitters to start with. But iron is needed for thyroid function. As you know, it's needed for energy levels. And she had nothing because she had very low iron levels. So she needed that coffee to get her going. So we'll always want to look at the root cause of why do you feel that you need the coffee? Is it the addictive component? Is it because you've got low catecholamines? Is it your uh, iron levels? Adrenal dysfunction can be a big factor. If you've got burned out adrenals and you're not producing enough cortisol, you're going to feel like you need that coffee to get going. So addressing all of those, because we don't want to say, get rid of the coffee and then you can't function. We, we definitely don't want that. Yeah. Well, and blood sugar has an effect on the adrenals and cortisol levels as well. So, and you were alluding to that earlier, you know, so how does um, blood sugar affect anxiety and, you know, what do you do to help people regulate it? So low blood sugar, well, I should say blood sugar swings can cause anxiety. So say, for example, you have some carbohydrates at breakfast, your blood sugar is going to spike 
and then uh, half an hour later it's going to crash and then you're going to feel like you need something because the brain's crying out for some fuel so then you'll have something else mid-morning and then it'll spike and then it'll crash if say for example you had a donut so you've got these ups and downs ups and downs throughout the day and when as it goes up and comes down you get the surge of cortisol and you're going to feel anxious so that's a big thing and for, for every single one of my clients, blood sugar control is the simplest thing to do and it's very, very effective. So the key is to have protein at breakfast and have protein at every meal and healthy fats because that's going to help keep the blood sugar more stable. So dinner for breakfast is a great idea. You could have a protein smoothie with some whey protein. You could have egg and bacon for breakfast. You know, whatever you need to get that blood sugar stable throughout the day can make a big difference. And then have healthy snacks on hand. Have some beef jerky, have some pemmican, have some nuts and some fruit, have some cheese if you can tolerate dairy, and have those healthy snacks on hand so you can have the snack before you get to the situation where you're desperate. You know, when you wait until your blood sugar's taken a dip, and you are desperate, you know, you're this cranky person, I've got to have something, I've got to have something, get out of my way, I'm so hungry, that's not good, because that's putting a stress on your adrenals, as you mentioned earlier, so being prepared, and then once your adrenals start to heal, you're able to go longer between meals, but until then, you might need to be doing the three meals and the two snacks a day. Sure, yeah, um, I, I love that you said <clears throat> having dinner for breakfast, because I think that's super important to redefine what we view as breakfast food. Um, and, you know, Americans love their carbs for breakfast. And, you know, so thinking about other cultures that we don't necessarily, other cultures don't necessarily have breakfast food. And usually their meals for, at breakfast aren't so carb laden. And I love earlier how you mentioned the, the carob drink with the um, the coconut oil and the coconut milk because that gives that extra fat the healthy fats and it sounds delicious so having the protein and the, the fat for breakfast is a great way to start your day um, and so yes so dinner for breakfast instead of breakfast for dinner which some people like to do too yes think is it <laughs> <laughs> often there are a lot of people with low serotonin will say a bowl of cereal you know it's that treat it's that reward and if you address the low serotonin, that can go away as well. So I'm glad you mentioned that. But I'd love you to share what a, what a traditional breakfast would be where you are right now. Similar to what you were saying, I mean, um, it, it's just what we would eat the whole rest of the day. So and culturally, in the morning, people are, you know, running off to work. So they want something that's easy to, um, to, to slurp. So a lot of it is soup-based. Um, you know, we are a rice society, so a lot of the, the noodles and the rice are in the morning, which I'm not a big fan of, but um, it always includes uh, a soup that always includes lots of herbs and lots of vegetables. So it's very common to put tons of vegetables in your soup, which I, I you know, I, I always ask for a little bit of noodles and I just put a lot of, um, we have morning glory, which is um, kind of like a water spinach. And then we also use um, banana blossoms that, sh that are shaved. And then we put that in the soup. And then, um, you know, lots of meats. You know, we are like a big fan. I think we were um, 
you know, eating paleo before it became popular. So we'll eat like, <laughs> the, the cartilage, we'll eat the liver, we'll eat the intestines, really anything, like all those, um, the offal from the animal um, in our soups. And then um, I think we do lack a little bit of the, the fat, the healthy fats in the morning. Um, but, you know, incorporating some of, you know, maybe like a coconut milk or some sort of, um, we have a jaya, which is like a dessert. It tends to be sweeter, but that has typically more of a coconut base to it. Um, so, yeah, but so breakfast is typically, yeah, lots of soups and um, proteins and, you know, organ meats and um, lots of vegetables. I so. love it. And that's so great because so many people are saying they're battling to get enough vegetables in the day. But if you add breakfast vegetables what a perfect way to get more vegetables i think that's absolutely perfect and i love that you say we were paleo before it became famous all those organ meats and all that wonderful nutrient dense food how wonderful that's really great i love it <laughs> yes i mean every day pretty much like every other day i'm eating something that has organ meats in it and my aunt is like aren't you tired of it I'm like no it's delicious and it's wonderful and i hardly ever get this in the state so i'm gonna have it as often as i can yes <laughs> that's so great you know it's so funny when i go and speak live i'll ask people in the audience i'll tell them about organ meats and i'll say okay can everyone please raise your hands who ate organ meats as a child and mostly 80% of the room will raise their hand. And then I'll say, okay, who eats organ meats now? And I'll get about 10 people in a room of 100 or 200 people who raise their hand. So people know, and their parents, you know, and their grandparents told them that they were healthy, but they've forgotten mm. the basics. And we just need to get back to the basics. So I think it's wonderful that you're talking about this today. <laughs> and it's, some people think it's, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, liver. And it's, like you said, it's like a big mental block, but it's, you know, um, what's the saying? Like when you're exposed to it, the more you're exposed to it, the more you tend to prefer it. So maybe you might need, you know, three or four, even eight exposures to liver before you actually like it, but keep trying because, and keep preparing it different ways because yes. eventually you'll find a way that you really like it. And it's yeah, really and, good. Yeah. And that's the thing is to find a way that you like it, because if you are forcing it down, that's not good. We want to be enjoying our food. So some great ways that I've found with clients with livers to make a liver pate mm. and they just feels like it's a nice spread that they can use. And another option with liver in South Africa that we use, and this is an interesting starter that you have in restaurants in South Africa is a peri peri chicken livers. So they'll cook it with spicy peri peris, like a spicy curryish kind of, you know, spices and cook mm. it up like that. And that's a standard starter at a restaurant. What a great starter to have, you know, healthy, yeah. instead of, you know, something deep fried onions or something like that, this is a nice healthy starter. So find a way that you like it. Another way to get in some liver is like, is getting a liverwurst, you know, pre-prepared liverwurst from a company like US Wellness Meats, some company that's making a liverwurst out of livers from grass-fed, uh, you know, animals that have not been, uh, you know, raised in a factory farm, great way to get it. So there's many ways that you can do it. And then as you say, the more you do it, the more you get used to it. And then it's just part of the norm. Yeah. For a while I was on the liverwurst um, craving and I, I had that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner <laughs> um, for, for weeks. And, uh, you know, so that was very good as well. <clears throat> 
So earlier you were talking about, um, I think you had mentioned some of your favorite amino acids. So as far as for anxiety or people were feeling, you know, worried or, or fearful in the moment, what are some of your favorite go-tos um, for, for people experiencing those symptoms? So as I said earlier, the amino acids are fantastic for giving you very quick results. There's two main ones that I use for anxiety. One is for low serotonin and the other one is for low GABA. And with low serotonin, you've got the worry in your head, the ruminating thoughts where you're reprocessing, maybe you want to call it monkey mind, and you're just thinking about something that someone said and you just can't switch off that type of thing. And then with the low GABA, you've got the physical anxiety. So you've got this physical tension in your body and you can feel it in your shoulders. So for the low serotonin type, and let me give you some of the other symptoms that you see with low serotonin, you'll see all this anxiety and worry, you'll see depression, the winter blues, you may be more anxious in the winter, you'll have the afternoon and the evening cravings, which each of these brain chemical deficiencies, you have a cravings component, so there will be afternoon and evenings in the case of low serotonin, PMS, anger issues, TMJ, fibromyalgia, this is all related to low serotonin. And when you got these low serotonin symptoms, then you use the amino acid tryptophan or 5-HTP. And I start people on tryptophan. I find it's very effective. Some people do better on 5-HTP, so it's a matter of figuring out which is going to work for you. And then finding your ideal dose. So there are targeted individual amino acids, nothing else in them, just tryptophan or just 5-HTP. That way you can start low and you can build up until you find the ideal amount for you. There's a starting dose for each one. For tryptophan, it's 500 milligrams. For 5-HTP, it's 50 milligrams. And you typically start at the lowest dose. See how you do. If you improve a little bit with a small dose, then you increase it. If you improve, you increase it again. Now, there are some people that are very sensitive to small amounts. And in that case, I would have someone actually open up a capsule and just take a little dab and use that as a starting amount and then slowly go up from there. So if you're very sensitive, start very low. I hear a lot of people say, oh, I tried the amino acids, I tried tryptophan, or I tried GABA and I didn't feel good. I felt spacey or I felt weird. And it may be that it was too much. So you want to start where you need it and then build up slowly. Yeah, that's always a good rule of thumb. Start low and go slow. Yeah, and, and it's an important one, certainly when it comes to an amino acid like GABA, because a lot of people will hear about GABA, they'll go to the health store and they'll buy 500 or 750 milligrams GABA, and that yeah. is, tends to be too much to start with. I start my clients on 125 milligrams. So if you rush out and you buy GABA and it's too much, it is going to make you feel weird. So Certainly with GABA, we want to start really low. So I, I didn't mention the other symptoms of low GABA. So it's the physical tension, it's the stress eating, or you may come home and feel like you need a glass of wine at the end of the day to chill out. And then the physical tension and the physical pain and then the panic attacks as well. And then the amino acid, obviously, for low GABA is GABA. So I mentioned that one. Hmm. So as far as um, immediate relief, are these good options for someone who's feeling a panic attack in the moment or is feeling anxiety mm -hmm. or um yeah so if you while when you're starting to figure this out you would take typically take them at set times the tryptophan is mid-afternoon and evening typically some people will take them in the morning if they're feeling bad in the morning 
uh, the GABA you could take throughout the day, first thing in the morning, mid-morning, mid-afternoon, and evening. And all of them are between meals, away from protein, because they will, we don't want them to compete for absorption with the other amino acids and the protein that you, you, you're taking. And then while you're doing that, starting to build up your levels, if, for example, you go somewhere, like I had a client who was had really bad anxiety and really bad panic attacks and was going to her sister's wedding right across the countryside, she was too afraid to fly, so she took a train, so now she had this fear of going through the tunnels, and it was very, very scary for her, but before, just before she, she was going, she started working with me, and I said to her, when you know, you know, there's a tunnel coming up, or have it ready for, as soon as you hit the tunnel, take some extra GABA and see how you feel, and she said it was amazing, you know, the first one, she didn't have the GABA ready for the first tunnel, and it was terrifying, uh, but once she got through that tunnel, she was ready with the GABA on hand. So in an acute situation like that, she could take some GABA and it just took the edge off. She's, you know, I've been working with her for a while and we've uncovered some gut issues with her and she's got very low cholesterol. When your cholesterol is below 140, that can be a problem. But having that GABA on hand for that acute situation was fantastic. Awesome. Perfect. So as far as... Um dosage forms are there certain dosage forms of the GABA that work more quickly than others um, or does it not matter um, with GABA I like a sublingual I find holding it either using a sublingual I use Source Naturals GABA Calm which is got a little bit of tyrosine and then it's got the GABA and it. it's got some glycine in there as well that sublingual form seems to work really well. And then if you don't use that, getting a 250 milligrams of GABA and opening up the capsule and putting it on your tongue, I find seems to be most effective for the way GABA, you know, people getting results with GABA. With tryptophan, the capsule, the powder doesn't taste that great. But when I'm doing a trial with someone to figure out what their starting amount is, I'll have them open up the capsule and put it on their tongue. That way you're getting a result right away. You know, they'll rate themselves in the questionnaire. Yes, my anxiety is at 10. I'm feeling like a chocolate chip cookie and I'm feeling negative. You know, it's all 10s. And then they'll use some tryptophan opened onto their tongue. And within five minutes, they should be able to say, yeah, it's gone down two notches, maybe three notches. So they're feeling a result right away, which is great because then it gives, gives, gives you hope and it gives, you know, it makes you feel, okay, I can continue to make all of these other changes that Trudy's talking about. And, and then you can decide when you start doing the actual dosing throughout the day, are you going to swallow them or are you going to continue to use them on your tongue? And for some people, opening them up onto the tongue, this continues to be the best way to do it. If they've got a compromised digestive system, doing it like that can be very beneficial. Hmm. That's a great point because I'm, I'm sure many people do have some sort of gut dysfunction um, that, you know, <laughs> that needs to be uh, worked okay. with as well. Yeah. yeah. So um, as far as social conditions, social anxiety conditions, I think you might have mentioned this a little bit earlier. Um, are there any uh, in particular that respond very well to nutrition, the nutrients? Yes. Yeah, there's a social anxiety condition called pyroluria. P-Y-R-O-L-U-R-I-A, pyroluria. And it's not well recognized in the medical profession, but it's very common. It's common in the autism spectrum community. It's common in alcoholics. And it's pretty common in the average population. And 
with pyroluria, you've got this higher need for zinc, vitamin B6. And then the evening primrose oil, which is an omega-6, enhances zinc absorption and often is low in uh, people with pyroluria. You don't tend to need the omega-3s as a supplement. I mentioned that earlier. So the, the symptoms with pyroluria is this feeling of discomfort when you're in any kind of social setting, whether it be people you know or, or complete strangers. When there's a lot of people, it just feels awkward and uncomfortable. You've pushed through and you put on this brave face and, and that's what I did for many years. You just deal with it. And a lot of people who resonate with the, with the personality trait introvert will get on the Paralawia protocol and find that they are no longer introverts or less introverted. So I'm you know, saying that this whole personality thing may actually have a big biochemical component as well. It's pretty interesting. But you've got this inner tension where you just feel tense and you cover it up and you deal with it. And it's based on the work of Carl Pfeiffer. He was a doctor um, in the late um, 1970s and 80s who worked with schizophrenic populations and found that a lot of them had this social anxiety condition. And he saw some similarities, you know, not enjoying breakfast first thing in the morning. And that's a big thing. We talked about how important breakfast is and having protein. A lot of people with pyroluria cannot eat until noon. They just feel nauseous early in the morning. So addressing the pyroluria helps them start to eat breakfast in the morning and thereby helps with the anxiety as well. The other thing that we see with pyrolorics are lookalike sisters. You'll often have all girls in the family. Or uh, the, if there are a lot of girls in the family, they'll all look alike. So it was just an interesting observation that he made. And it turns out that a lot of, in a lot of paraloric families, if there's a miscarriage, it's the boys that are miscarried, which is why we see more girls in the family. So it's, it's very interesting how all of this biochemistry comes, comes into play. And the important thing with paraloria is if you have it and you get on the protocol, you do need to stay on it forever because you've just got this higher need for these nutrients when you're under a lot of stress, you dump zinc and B6 in your urine, and then the anxiety can come back. So this is a lifelong thing that pyrolorics need to be on. Mm. Aside from those um, communities or those uh, groups of people who you mentioned earlier that are more prone um, to pyroluria, uh, is there a test that people can do? Um, or do you just kind of do the nutrition protocol and then see if they get better and then you know that they have it? Or how, how does someone know that they have pyroluria? That's a good question. And there's a urine test. Unfortunately, there are false negatives with mm -hmm. the urine test. So I have got a questionnaire in my book, The Anti-Anxiety Food Solution. It's on my blog as well. And if people score more than 15 on the questionnaire, then it's worth doing a trial of the supplements. And if they feel better, that's telling them that they need them. They can decide to stop. And a lot of people say, well, look, I'm not going to take these forever. I feel good. They'll stop and the symptoms come back. So that's your clue that you need these nutrients. So mm -hmm. that's a simple way to do it. I'm a big fan of testing. I think we can see a lot from blood work and from adrenal testing and other tests, functional tests. In this case, I don't really think so you either yes or you, you don't have it. Now, when I worked at Julia Ross's clinic for two years, this was a number of years ago, the lab that was doing the testing then was reliable. And we did hundreds of pyroluria tests. And we saw that the, the urine test correlated with the questionnaire and when the people had high symptoms. Since then, we've sent people with 
high scores on the questionnaire to various different labs and half of them come back negative. And I think it's very sad because a lot of people will find me or hear me talk on, on a podcast like this and say, oh my gosh, I did the pyroluria test 10 years ago. I thought I had it, but it came back negative. So I didn't do anything about it. Mm. So for those people, I say, do the questionnaire. If you think you've got it, try the nutrients and see how you feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's empirical testing, right? Test with supplements, see if it works. And if it doesn't, then you know that you don't have it. And if it does work, then you know that you need the, the nutrients. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, there's a lot of people in Australia doing their pyroluria testing, and it's very well recognized as being a factor in the autism community there, more so than in the US. And I believe the labs in Australia are, I've not heard problems with the labs there. And the, the problem with it is, you know, I don't want to bash any labs. It's a very delicate test. It's, it's very it's light sensitive. Transportation, you know, needs to be at a certain temperature and everything like that. So I think it's a difficult test to do. And it may just be that some of these labs, their threshold is different from some of the other labs. So I just, and there are other markers we can look at. You know, I will use the questionnaire. If someone's done the urine test, that's helpful. We'll look at zinc status. So I'll have them use the zinc sulfate to see what their zinc status is. And that's a taste test. Um, if it tastes bad, that tells you that your zinc levels are good. There's also alkaline phosphatase on basic blood work which is an indication of possible low zinc. If it's below 70, that's a clue that zinc may be a factor. Dream recall, if you've got no dream recall or you have nightmares, that's a clue that you've got low B6. So there's a lot of other things that we'll use to sort of put the puzzle pieces together to try and figure out if it could be an issue. Sure. So you've covered a lot of great information, Trudy. Is there anything that we might be missing that we should be considering in terms of um, anxiety conditions? I think with all of this, we want to think about our just, just our lifestyle. You know, we can say, well, I've got anxiety, take a drug, or I've got anxiety, take a supplement. But we've got to think about what's our life like. Are we, can we say no? Do we say no? Do we take on as much as we can? Do we take on everything? Are we caretakers? A lot of women are perpetual caretakers. They take care of everyone else except themselves. So mm. we need to take care of ourselves. Uh, make time for ourselves, meditate, do yoga, get outside, take time off, be gentle on ourselves. All, you know, all of these are very beneficial. And then also, I think the big thing, my big message always is that we deserve to feel our absolute best. And if you're not feeling your best, then don't give up looking for answers until you feel your absolute best because we deserve it. And everyone should just feel... I always say they should just feel on top of the world all the time. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and I think when you feel on top of the world, you feel like you can do anything. And you that's can. You can do your best work and you can make your mark. Yes, so. absolutely. And that's what we want. We want to be making a difference. We want to be, whether it's you know globally or whether it's in your community or in your kids' school or in your personal life or whatever, you want to be feeling your best. And that's all, that's all that I want for everyone. Sure. So you, I mean, you've got tons of great information and I know you have this fabulous summit coming up, which you do such a great job because you interview some of the best people um, who are doing research in the field. So can, share, can you share a little bit about, you know, what's in store for this season, um, when it's going to happen and all the details? Yes. So it's happening June the 6th to the 16th. It's the anxietysummit.com. It's 
I've done some interviews already. I actually interviewed Dr. Kurt Wooler yesterday and we talked about low cholesterol and low oxytocin and how they are very closely related and how they can contribute to anxiety. I mentioned earlier, if your cholesterol is below 140, it puts you at a higher risk for suicidality, depression, anxiety. Kids have attention issues. A lot of kids in the autism spectrum community have very low cholesterol as well very closely tied to hormonal imbalances. So cholesterol is really, really important for hormones and for anxiety and everything. And uh, I've got some great speakers. I've got someone coming and talking on leptin, the whole leptin insulin resistance connection to anxiety. Who would have figured that there was a connection to that? Mm. And then I've got someone coming and talking about turmeric, a wonderful herb that's anti-inflammatory that helps with anxiety, helps with depression. So as you say, I've got uh, practitioners who are working with people on a daily basis. I've got researchers. And then what I really like to do with the summit is bring in people and have them share their stories. And I've got someone who's going to come and share the story of her daughter who has Lyme disease and got on the GABA and how it helped her. So that way people can hear real stories from real people who've seen results because I can talk about it till the cows come home, but I think it's important that they, they hear from real people and real people are getting results. So I'm really excited to be doing it. And thanks for, thanks for asking me about it. Yes, I'm so excited. I can't wait for it to come out. And I really highly encourage all the listeners to, to check it out because you know, Trudy is an expert in this field and then she's interviewing other people who are doing great things in this field. And so you're just going to get you know, the, um, the cutting edge information. So definitely tune in for that. And thank you again, Trudy, so much for your time. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks so much, Anne. Enjoy the rest of your trip. Hey, so I hope you enjoyed the show. And a quick thank you to our sponsor, Health IQ. If you've ever wondered what will happen to my family if I'm not around, then I highly recommend you to check out their website at healthiq.com slash food, F-O-O-D, to see if you qualify for a lower rate on your life insurance and make sure your loved ones are cared for in the event that something happens to you. It only takes a few minutes, so check them out at healthiq.com slash food. All the links and resources mentioned today are in the show notes at dranne.com, and Anne is spelled A-N-H as in healthy. While you're there, remember to jump on the Food as Medicine VIP email list, and you'll get my free gift, The Clean Eating Rules. It's everything I learned about nutrition when I was on my bodybuilding journey, and it's my number one guide for how to eat to lose weight, improve your biometrics, and get more energy. You'll also get my favorite pearls from the show, and this show can be a bit technical and detail-oriented at times when the guests share their specific protocols with foods to eat and avoid, as well as which supplements to incorporate, what dosages, etc. And if you're anything like me, you're probably multitasking and listening to this while driving, cooking, or doing errands around the house, and you really can't be jotting down notes of all the great information that's shared in this episode. So I've taken the notes for you, and by hopping on an, my email list, you'll get the show pearls delivered right to your inbox, so you can refer back to them at any time. Finally, as a VIP email subscriber, you'll get the occasional love letters from me, which are emails sharing some of my favorite recipes and products, upcoming events, new information I've learned, and other goodies. So go to drann.com now and enter your name and email address. Did you like this episode? Then remember to subscribe to the show using whatever app you listen to the podcast on. 
Every time an episode is released, it will be automatically downloaded to your smartphone and will be there for you to listen to. And this means you don't have to manually search for the show to see if a new episode has been released. And it also means that if there's any problems with the iTunes store updating, which happens occasionally, then the iTunes store won't... Um, it will take 24 hours to publish an episode. And so if you're waiting to see if there's an episode and you're searching for it, you won't see it, even though it's been available and out for 24 hours. So it's just one touch of a button and on any podcast app that you listen to and you won't miss an episode. So remember to subscribe to the show. We've got plenty of great guests coming up, so stay tuned. Thanks so much for stopping by. And until next time, remember to eat consciously because the world needs a healthy and vibrant you. Thank you.